When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 188. Uh, you know what? Let's just get right to it. If the NBA starts tonight, the Chiefs are in first place in the whole league. The Bills are falling apart. And yet none of that. I had a winning weekend of picks, even though I gave DeMond's a terrible teaser advice that cost him. None of that is the lead story today. Instead, of course, we'll talk Monday Night Football. First, let me get to what missed the cut. Not on today's show. Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans lose again. Bijan Robinson, sick. The NFL's investigating in case you had props or fantasy on it. And Nick's apology to Tyson Bajant. Yeah, listen, Tyson, you were better than I thought you would be. Cost, You know what? My apologies in the form of how much money you cost me this weekend. Demonte, how are you doing this morning? We were texting during the game. You were calling me a hater. You were, you know, you were, I think, a little disappointed in me. But be honest, before we get into the actual story, when you were watching that, did you have a moment where you're like, God, dog it. He can be annoying. He can be obnoxious. But my dad might know what he's talking about sometimes. Be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that happens all the time. It's just your delivery makes it hard to accept, you know. Uh, that but, is correct. Story of my yeah. life. A, more often than not proven correct. People, though, don't want to accept it because I'm so abrasive with how I deliver the information. Speaking yeah. of delivering the information, Demonze, what happened on Monday Night Football last night? Well, so Brock Purdy lost to the Vikings 22-17. Uh, this was in yeah. Minnesota, though. Uh, yeah. So he threw a pick at the end when he had a chance to go down there and win the game. Uh, but that was followed by two nice passes that got them in that position. But we're not here to talk mm -hmm. about that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of fallen into your eventually right column. Do you think that the Purdy yeah. train or the Purdy hype has come to a sudden stop? Or is there a way out of this? Well, Do you think, you know, rally? Well, no, I mean, listen, I Mahomes Mountain is on TV today. And people are like, oh, how far is Purdy going to fall? Uh, probably won't fall because he is who I told you he was. And, oh, Nick, what more do you need to see? Well, I told you exactly what I wanted to see. Brock Purdy, down a score, chance to drive the field. We saw it last week, down two. And on the very first play of the drive, he threw it right to Greg Newsom, who dropped it. He then threw a dump-off pass to Brandon Ayuk, who took it 40 yards, and people were like, oh, what more do you want from him? It's not it's not his fault they missed the kick, and I was like, I don't know. Over the first 58 minutes of the game, not get outplayed by P.J. Walker just because you're down a couple of injuries due to injury. Then this week, against the Minnesota Vikings and that defensive personnel, it's Donnell Hunter, 
Harrison Smith, and a bunch of guys. All of a sudden, no Debo, no Trent Williams, looking awful pedestrian. And even over the course of that game, he, he was fine. Over the course of the game, Brock Purdy was doing Brock Purdy things, throwing to open Brandon Ayuk, throwing to an open George Kittle. He really only had one bad play early, right after his best throw of the night, right as Troy Aikman was saying he threw that ball as well as anyone can throw one. He threw George Kittle a hospital ball that Kittle was lucky only resulted in him getting hit in the groin and not getting spun over on his head, but he had played well. He had a really nice scramble early in the game. It's like, oh, Purdy's doing some nice things. However, he then found himself in the exact scenario when the day after he went 20 of 21 and I came on this show and Demonze on behalf of the entire football world said to me, what more do you want? What do you want him to do? And I said, more. I said, I want to see him in a situation where the other team knows he has to pass, where they are down late, and see how he comes through. And what did he do? He threw one of the worst picks of the NFL season. Then his defense got a stop, he got the ball back, and he threw another one. And the drive before that, the reason they were punting was because on third and six, he had a, it would have been a good play, but he was scrambling, had a guy open across the middle of the field, and he skipped the ball to him. You know why? Because fact of the matter is, he's a physically limited guy who couldn't get enough arm on the football. And late in that game, it is a lot of guys when everyone is exactly where they're supposed to be, when the defense is more worried about the run, when you have... Uh, skill advantage all over the field, a lot of guys can look sharp. But all of a sudden, you're down somebody. All of a sudden, the other team is teeing off against the pass. All of a sudden, you've got to stand there and make throws. And it's not that he just didn't come through. He gave the game away on the first pick, got a reprieve thanks to his defense, and gave it away again. So what more? Did, what did I want to see from Brock Purdy? How he would respond in the exact situation that you have to be able to come through in if you're going to be the quarterback of a Super Bowl champion. And that is where the Niners' standard is. And thus far, he's had three opportunities in his young career, three drives the last three weeks, and he's 0 for 3. So... I'm not here to say I told you so, and I'm not here to take a victory lap about a guy who has overachieved for the fact that he was the final pick of the draft. This is not so much about Brock Purdy as much as it is about my frustration with my colleagues, most of whom I think deep down agreed with me but it was not a popular opinion. Well, am I really going to go on TV and say the guy who's never lost and leads the league in passer rating? I don't know if he's that good. Well, I don't know. What's your, what, what, what's, what is the job? Is the job to say literally what anyone could say? 
If you never watched the game, just looked at the box score and be like, well, the guy's never lost. He has great stats. He must be awesome. Or is the job to actually look, evaluate, and give a thought on what is duplicable and what is not? Is the job to use data points such as Jimmy Garoppolo had similar levels of success, he then left and now leads the league in interceptions even though he's missed time with Devontae <laughs> Adams. What is the de- what is the job? And it was unpopular and people were upset with me. Well, well no, th- their job might be that. My job is to evaluate. And, folks, I said it two weeks ago, and I or three weeks ago, and I retweeted the clip of it so people could see the replies when I said I trust Geno Smith more than Brock Purdy. The responses to that are unanimous in that this guy, no one actually believes that. How can you take him seriously? I trust Geno Smith more than Brock Purdy. When I said folks were writing off the Seattle Seahawks as potential division winners a bit too early. Will you wake up this morning, the Seahawks have two losses, the the 49ers have two losses. You wake up today, and all of a sudden, the idea that they are just going to run away with the division, that's gone. And I'm going to tell you one other thing. Right now, this moment, you know what Kyle Shanahan DeMonte saw on that football field for three hours last night? He looked pretty sad. The quarterback that he wished he had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 uh, and, God, I have, I have such a galaxy brain Purdy Kirk Cousins take. That, that was I, the other thing. Cousins was kind of dealing, too. Well, it's we're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about, but there is, I might, I might wait for this afternoon on TV to say what I'm thinking right now. I need to actually, I don't want to say it off the cuff. Yeah, I that's like the, at, oh, I've got something like, to tell you guys. Oh, wait, I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you later. Just no, well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. In a world of aggregation and of, a, you know, a half dozen anonymous, totally unaccountable football Twitter accounts that post other people's clips and other people's news so they can get Elon's money for their blue check mark. I, want, I don't want to say something flippantly if it's an impossibility. So let me actually Should look into the, the, well, listen, it's not a bad business model. I mean, there's the, I'm not going to, it's just all these guys and they fight with each other. These, these anonymous, not even necessarily real people, football accounts. They're like, Hey, you stole, well, it's like you stole my tweet, but that tweet that you're saying was stolen. That guy just Uh, stole from someone who actually did the work. And so like the, and one of them, the, you, you, do you see last week? The news story, the news story that Caleb Williams wants an equity stake in a team if he gets drafted. That was a story from July from Florio that got very little traction when it happened. Then one of these places 
posted it like it was new information right after Caleb had the brutal game against Notre Dame and it caught on like wildfire. So I'm just going to be, so so I'm going to, I, there is a, there is an intriguing Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins question that applies to this season that I'm going to make sure I'm right on and then maybe discuss on television. Now to the Kirk Cousins side of things. He was brilliant, Demonze. No Justin Jefferson against an excellent defense. And I thought the way he navigated the pocket on that sec on that last drive they had, they didn't end up getting points, but they you know, they wound very important clock. There was a third down play where I was certain, and so was Troy on the call, that he was sacked. And then all of a sudden he still had the ball and he hit, I think it was Addison. It might have been Osborne, yeah. I'm not sure, uh, uh, up on the f- near side of the field. He, like, disappeared in the pocket for a moment. Right. Then he came through with it. I thought he was excellent. I he thought that was as good a of a football time game. that game against that Niners defense. And it's defense? not because That's they crazy. weren't getting pressure. Correct. Right. And it's not because they he weren't getting pressure. He was, he was great, man. I thought Cousins was excellent. And to do that with no on Jordan Jefferson. Time. Yeah, on prime time. With your season on the line, three and four, they're alive. And I don't know if you've looked at what their next handful of games are. Let's see. They're at Green Bay, at Atlanta, home for the Saints, at the Broncos, home for the Bears, at the Raiders. That's their next six. Oh. Yeah, four. I mean, you've got four on the road, but none of those teams are above 500. None of those teams right now are, and then at the end of the year, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. So at the end of the year, it gets hard, but they're alive, man. And maybe Jordan Jefferson comes back like, just they're alive if they want to be. And so credit to Kirk. I, I, and Jordan Addison was awesome, man. He was awesome. Rookie wide receiver doing that. And the really cool dichotomy of, Charvarius Ward stealing the ball away from him on the very first drive of the game, and then him making the biggest play of the game, stealing it away from Ward before halftime. Go yeah, ahead. no, it was just really like that. That play was kind of confusing because like I saw them all jumbled up, and then he just takes yep. off with it. Like it was just really cool to see in live time. I thought it I was thought picked. that was more impressive than the pick. Yeah, I thought that play was a lot more interesting and fun than the pick. Obviously, he fell down immediately. Yeah, but it was just cool to see him run away with that. Um, no, I thought it was picked. I thought Cousins yeah. threw a pick right before the half. I also, if I'm going to, I thought Kevin O'Connell, game management wise, made a bunch of errors. I thought their field goals inside the five, I thought they needed to be more aggressive. Uh, here's the thing, though. Yo, and the tush, and the double, t- the back to back tush push. I mean, they don't know. What <laughs> I, I, I mean, hated that, by the way. I'm not a big no-touch-push guy, but that was bad. <laughs> but here's the thing on that. You had first and goal from the one and a half. You want to try it one time, so be it. Yeah, it, back Once to it back, doesn't though. work, once it doesn't work, just, just be like, you know what? Now we're inside the one, because they did get a little bit of yardage. Yeah. We're just going to run the ball three times. We've got to be able to get a single yard, like hand it off to your running back. The, that was a little power but trip. So, 
Um, but what I'll say is this real quick about Kevin O'Connell being that conservative. That is, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, a bit of an indictment on Purdy. The fact that O'Connell felt we can take three points, we can take three mm-hmm. points, we can punt the ball, those things, that is him saying, I'm not that worried about the 49ers offense. And, and here is also why it is important to actually watch the games. Like, let's just say that on the first Purdy pick, it had gotten dropped by the defender, and then McCaffrey rips off a run and the Niners win. Not only did the Niners win, Purdy's stats would have looked really, like, they would have looked amazing. And prior to the picks, he hadn't played poorly. I'm not saying that at all. But the only super, like, the most impactful pass of the game was that little swing pass to Christian McCaffrey that was blocked up perfectly, and McCaffrey takes it 45 yards to the house. Like, you just got to, you've got to be able to have some nuance to this stuff. All right, what's the follow-up here on the Niners? Do you think the 49ers are still at the top tier of NFC teams, or is Philly and everybody else? Right now, Philly deserves to be considered the best team in the NFC. They won the conference last year. They lost one game last year with Jalen Hurts as their starter. And they've been excellent. I don't know that they've been excellent all year, but they have found a way to win. And you know what I mean? It's to me not that the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, there's not a lot of games this year where they have start to finish played their A game, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Yet, they are the two teams that are 6-1. and one. They're the two right. teams that have found ways to win in a way that the you know other teams haven't. I don't. Sirianni, man. I tried to. Sirianni, he's annoying, but he's been excellent. And he yeah. lost both his coordinators. Like I got to give him credit. I guess I probably feel about Sirianni the way a lot of people feel about me. Annoying, but yeah. begrudgingly admit he's excellent. But his system works, um, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, the. Here's what I was trying to say when everyone was trying to just anoint the Niners and Eagles, though. Long season, guys. The Lions were the hot team a week ago. They get whacked by Baltimore. We'll talk about them in a bit. The the There's a lot of ebbs and flows to it. No one is going... Here's what I know. No one's running away with the NFC. The Eagles haven't looked so dominant that it's like, oh, they're going to go 14-3 and and run away with the conference. Not with the schedule they have coming up. The Niners desperately need their guys back. And I know you can say that about, you know, every team to a degree that's true, but they also play such a physical style of football that they are more susceptible to injuries than a lot of other teams are. And so it is... The, yes, the Niners were not going to overreact and act like they're, you know, some second-rate team. But any team in in all of NFL history, if your biggest question mark on your team is your quarterback, you can always get got. You just can. And the Niners, even before last night, Everyone would have had to acknowledge 
the biggest question mark was their quarterback. And now, and this is the part of when you have nothing but success, it starts to be a ball rolling downhill in a positive direction. Now, the next time Brock Purdy finds himself in this situation, it instantly becomes the biggest moment of his career, and he knows it. Right. The next, the, the there is a level of in sports. If if the first time you ever take a potential game winning shot, you make it, you are so much more likely to then be good at those in the short term. And if the first time you whiff, then the next time it gets harder. And then it gets way harder. And then all of a sudden you're a guy who just can't do it. And so this is this is where I it's just like people preying can, on this guy's like downfall. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, it's just I'm I, I'm not trying. I'm not praying for it. There is some truth in to, the psychology to it. I get what you're saying, but like, you're just I, like what I, I this up. is not this is not fair. But I think it's true. It's not. It, it shouldn't say it's not fair. It it see well whatever it is. If the Browns kicker had made the field goal against Cleveland, Purdy might have been better on those final drives last night. If the previous week he was in this spot and he did everything the exact same, but it had resulted in a win, then maybe he's a little less anxious on these two drives at the end. But instead the kicker missed, then Purdy made big mistakes, and now we'll see. Now yeah, we'll I mean, see. he very well could get that same opportunity in the Bengals game. Uh, I feel yeah, like that's absolutely recipe for the he, yeah, a hundred percent he could. And by the way, it's going to be another game with no Debo. Hopefully for them, yeah. Trent Williams is back, but another game with no Debo. All right, next. All right, man. The Chiefs took care of business and they beat a struggling Chargers team. That's uh, yeah. done everything except for lock up the division. You've already yep. hung up the banners. When has that ever gone wrong? So is your fear uh-huh. that for the Chiefs that their biggest threat is being too complacent or being stagnant given that they haven't really play, played, you know, super no. great teams? No, because th- that's coming. Listen, they're going to beat the the Broncos this weekend. And then they have over their final nine games, four games against Pardon me. Legitimate teams. Dolphins, Eagles, and back-to-back games. The Bills and the Bengals. And so they're they're not going... I would have been a little nervous about that. If the Chiefs' schedule had been reversed, where the softest part was at the end instead of the beginning, that would make me a little nervous for the playoffs, that they wouldn't be sharp. But they're going to have to be sharp. And here's the other thing. And... You, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, not, but I do truly believe this. Travis Kelsey trying to impress his new girlfriend is great for the Chiefs avoiding complacency. This is the greatest tight end ever who's wildly wealthy, wildly famous, wildly successful. And Yet, then you give him an extra Yes, and it, but it, now at 34 years old, he, listen, it can go wrong, but 
you in the you saw the touchdown he scored where he thought he was at the one inch line but was at the three yard line and put the ball over his head yeah. and then somehow must have the strongest hands in football held onto it and scored. He doesn't do that if Taylor Swift's not at the game. <laughs> he was like, "Oh man, this might be my only chance to score a touchdown. I got to do it." He when when he finally didn't catch a pass and he was so furious. Like I do think there is, and I think that. Basically, anyone who's ever played sports knows there is an added little <laughs> sharpness if someone that you're talking to or want to talk to is in the crowd. Uh, Demonze, listen, you played sports at a far higher level than me. True or false? There's an added something if your girl you or your wannabe is, girl is in is the crowd. It's completely correct, and it's just really funny because I've never heard it like worded like that. Uh, but yeah, I do think you get plus three on your attributes. Uh, yes, and, yeah, if you're 100%. great, if you're a great player. Now, if yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah. It, it can go in the opposite, uh, exact nervous, opposite right? direction. <laughs> get nervous if you're just like a mediocre player. Like I'll be totally, I'll be totally honest here. You were a you were a great athlete and a great basketball player. I was I loved basketball. I was by no means a great basketball player. And I think I got worse at games <laughs> that my girlfriend was at in high school. You, you know, know I, like I do. Like yeah. I think it was because and because I was like, ah, I'm not gonna have that many m opportunities to shine. So like right. maybe I tried to do too much. The but if you're a star, is it's really it's yes. Different if you're a that. star and you know you're gonna get the ball, you know it's gonna run through you. Yeah, I think it's good for the Chiefs. I do. Now she goes on an international tour in November, so I don't know how that's going to play out. But I, but yeah, so I'm not worried about the Chiefs at all. They have the best record in football. They have the second best defense in football. They have a top five offense in football, and they're doing it all while practicing. So I'm not worried about that in the least. All right, let's talk Eagles here. All right, so Philly looked dominant against the Dolphins, uh, and a big part of it was the tush push. They used it in key yeah. moments, and in some moments, it even iced the game. Uh, the Vikings may not yep. – oh, no, we're not talking about that. Uh, after the yep. game, head coach Nick Sirianni said, every first – I think we're going to show a quote for those watching on yeah. YouTube. But he said, every first down is a first and nine. People can't do it like we can do it. Don't ban this play. If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. Then he goes, where's the camera at? Uh, yeah. Some parlays just broke their uh, – some plays just broke their sport like Kareem Skyhook. You got Steph's three and Brady sneak. Is this cheating, or have the Eagles just found a cheat code and broken the NFL? So it's not cheating uh, at all, but it's going to go away. Like it's just it, so so. There was there was no way to legislate out Kareem Skyhook. There is the people have talked, by the way, about after since the proliferation of the three of if the NBA needs to tweak some things to make it less reliant on the three, but it would take such an overhaul. Brady's sneak was different than this because while just as successful on fourth and less than one, it also looked like every sneak we've ever seen. The, regular, right. the NFL has two kind of silver bullets here. One is... They already have rules against pulling 
offensive players. So it is not a far stretch to tweak the rule to put back in what once was in about pushing offensive players. The other one is the NFL will put it under the banner of player safety and say, we, you know what I mean, that we need to get rid of this play. But as I told you guys a month ago when everyone got mad at me, the reason the NFL will ban this is because the play sucks. It's not exciting. It takes all suspense out. It's an ugly play. That's it. The NFL changes rules all the time to make things a better television product. This is not good for TV. And I listen, I have come around in this regard. I do think Philly gets more credit given the fact that everyone else sucks at it. It does make it seem like there is more it is more about their personnel and their practicing. I totally agree with that. It doesn't change the fact that the NFL is going to, I believe, this offseason get rid of it. And here is the other piece of it that I have said before and I will say again that I don't understand why there has not been more. Once we saw Philly in a game, they're up seven on fourth and more than one on their own 29 in the fourth quarter, confidently go for this. And Sirianni's right. It is first and nine for them. And if you're playing them on third downs, you can't play the sticks. You've got to play two yards short of the sticks because if you get them to fourth and less than two, they're just going to go for this and they're going to get it. But the point that I have tried to hammer that I think Philly knows, and I think because they don't want it banned, they are not attempting this, but I wonder if they could. Right now, Philly can basically with 100% success get one yard and with close to 100% success get two yards. If they were to become able to get three yards on this play, it puts the NFL in a spot where they would maybe ban it mid-season. If Philly could get three, right now they get like one and a half. If they could get three yards on this play and you're down four to the Eagles with eight and a half left in the fourth quarter and they just run the tush push to until the clock expires, which is all you would have. Once they can get three yards, then it's just game over. You get you do it on first down, second down, third down, fourth down, new set of downs. You wouldn't want to get 17 yards. You just want to do it and be able to run the clock out north of the six-minute mark. Then it irrevocably changes football in a way that you can argue is, you know what I mean, Philly's earned it, whatever it is. I'm not trying to have that argument. But it would be terrible for the sport, just terrible. Philly fans would like it, kind of. Philly fans would like it the way it, it, you you like it if your team is doing hack-a-shack 
in an NBA game, you're like, okay, I guess it's, you know, make your free throws, but it's not exactly fun. And, and so the fact that Philly is, is not too good at it is right now working in their advantage, but the NFL can't leave open to chance that this offseason they master it and it becomes the majority of their second half playbook. It's like, well, we can get three yards on it. I said just running out the clock. If you could get three yards on this, and we're not that far from it, you could run it the entire game. If you can get three yards on it, you could run it the entire game. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles are going to do that. They they know that that's ugly. I think they, they did it four times this game. That's once a quarter. I can't see them just like spamming it. Like they, they know at the end of the nobody's trying to see all that. Come on now. I, I let me but right, I I agree. But let me ask you a question. If they're if they've the the fact that that possibility exists is why the NFL is going to get rid of it. Like Philly fans got so mad at me about this. I am not even from my own perspective, I think it's bad for the sport because it's an entertainment product and it's not entertaining. I would so but set take take my opinion out of it. Non-opinion just prediction. My prediction is the Eagles have 10 games plus the playoffs left of this play being available to them. And maybe, you know, hopefully for them, they make the most out of it. All right, next. This guy's going to be praying for a Mahomes tush push in a couple of years. I feel like it's still going to be going on. You're going to be like, man, they, this rule, or this, this no, play. It's bad for the sport. <laughs> I, the, no, it, it is, is ugly. It's really ugly. I mean, like, there, and there's an element of, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I compared it to 75 years ago, a baseball owner. Bill Veck hired a, a little person, I think he was two feet eleven inches tall, to play on his baseball oh, yeah. team. And he went and did a he had him pinch hit. The guy had no strike zone, so he immediately got walked. And then he put in a pinch runner and you know, whatever it is. Baseball changed the rule like that week. Like and so there are certain things that you can say. Oh, well, that's, you know, why it's only, it's one team's figured it out, but it's just bad for the sport. All right, next. Go ahead. All right, man. So my guy, Lamar Jackson, definitely embarrassed Detroit. Uh, you, you've been having this team of the week thing going on. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Detroit was the team of the week and it's all been falling in line. They beat them. Lamar obviously looked phenomenal. Uh, is Baltimore the real deal, or are they just the next team to beat? Do you think they're bound for an upset? Well, I mean, listen, they're playing at the Cardinals. So I don't, right. you know, that would be a horrific loss. Um, right. They, they then they then have <laughs> Seattle, Cleveland, Cincinnati in the next three weeks. Then you know what I mean. All in Baltimore, by the way. Those should be three good games. Uh, I I think I missed on the Ravens this year. I think you, I missed on them. I, Lamar looks. You listen. I give you credit. Lamar Lamar looks great. Looks great. He looks great. He looked really yeah. good, man. His decision making, I think there was a bunch of times where he it looked like he was about to run off. It looked like he was about to get sacked. And he played around in the pocket a little bit longer. And he, he did the dink and dunk passes that you say that he's kind of like been very missy on. Yeah. Um, he was hitting the short ones. He was hitting the long extended played ones. He looked really good, man. He looked really that, good. Th- that first point you made, Demonze, 
is exactly what jumped out to me as well, which was there were at least three times in this game where in the past he would have taken off running. And instead, he kind of just stayed, not necessarily in the pocket, but behind the line of scrimmage with his eyes downfield and then either made, one time he made a deep pass to the end zone, one time it was a little over-the-top pass, I think, to to Mark Andrews. Or maybe it was, I'm not sure. But regardless, uh, he, there. you know, the RPO is the run-pass option. And he's been a lot more R than P in his history on those plays. Uh, this week, he was key. And no, the Ravens are scary right now. And the defense, despite the injuries, is allowing 14 points per game. That you, it appears you nailed that one. And he, and the, listen, I'm not going to all of a sudden act like I don't think the Lions are good. The Lions are good. And the Lions' defense had been playing well this year, and Lamar cut them up. And the Lions' offense has, Goff hadn't had a terrible game in a year, and he was bad. Like, no, the Ravens are legit. Ravens are legit. legit. They got to stay healthy, but they're and a just, scary team. And just so everybody knows that uh, Lamar and the Ravens, that's my team. I know I've been advocating very heavy for the Niners and Purdy, but that's just because I'm all for a good story. My heart that is Demonte's team. That was Demonte's Madden no. team. That was his team 100%. in the offseason that he announced. No, no, no. The Ravens are Demonte's team. That is true. Um, you can ask so, the follow-up real quick. Yeah. So how stupid does it seem that these teams wouldn't trade two firsts for Lamar and the Lions, the Falcons, the Colts, the Patriots, Jets, Panthers, Commanders? I was well, say, it's hey, not just is... they wouldn't trade two first, Amante. It's that they proactively like release statements like we're not interested. We got to. We don't want to be involved. It's crazy. It is cr- really how crazy. that looks right now is crazy. Even if people think, well, the Ravens would have matched and you wouldn't have gotten him. Okay, so be it. At least then you tried. Like the could the Patriots right now. Be five and two instead of two and five if Lamar was there instead of Mac Jones. Of course they could. Um, all right, take a quick break. Remind reminder: you guys can ask questions in the chat. We'll get to them. Do a little NBA preview and then get to your questions. All that's next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. 
All right, believe it or not, the NBA season starts tonight. It doesn't really feel like it, but it does. Demonze, let's talk a little NBA here. This show's going to stay mostly football until February, but we can do a little NBA season preview here. Go ahead. All right, let's talk a little Dylan Brooks. So the NBA <laughs> season, the <laughs> NBA season tips off tonight, and the reigning champs are facing the Lakers, LeBron and the Lakers to be specific. Mm-hmm. Now Denver's been yeah. talking a lot of trash ever since the sweep. Los Angeles looking for revenge. What do you expect out of the new look Lakers on ring night in Denver? I'll tell you what, I want to see how Austin Reeves look. I want to see how Austin Reeves looks. The uh, you know is Austin Reeves going to transition from really good story? to legit third option. If he does, the Lakers are right. They are a cut below Milwaukee, Boston, Denver, but a cut above everybody else. And that just means you need Denver to falter a little bit. And so I, this game tonight, obviously I think has more of an emotional heft for the Lakers than it does for the Nuggets. And there is an element of, I go back to those Western Conference Finals, and Jokic was unbelievable, but Jokic was believably unbelievable. Like, Jokic's numbers were not shocking by Jokic standards, which speaks to, you you know, what a great player he's become. The player who played outside of his mind was Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, just for the record, in in the Western Conference Finals, was 33-6-5 on 52-40-95 splits. Just a little context there. That is more points per game in a Conference Finals than Michael Jordan ever averaged, than Kobe Bryant ever averaged, than I think it's everyone other than Amari Stoudemire and LeBron James, and there's one other guy I can't remember, are the only people to ever, maybe, that might be right, actually. I'd have to look, but that might be right, to ever average in conference finals. The reason I say that is everyone's like, oh, what's the Lakers' answer for Jokic? In order to have made those conference finals more competitive, they didn't need a different answer for Jokic. They needed... Jamal Murray not to turn into prime Dwayne Wade, which is what he was in that series. And Jamal Murray's an excellent player, but he oh, had but he literally crazy. one of the greatest conference finals ever. And so that's what I so I'm intrigued to watch that. Uh I'm I'm the the Nuggets are mostly the same team. The Lakers are not the same, but they have, you know, some tweaks around the edges. And that you know, LeBron takes the court tonight. It's not only year twenty-one, which only six other guys have ever gotten to, but now that Iguodala has retired, Demonze, he's the oldest player in league in the league. Yeah. LeBron is literally not like the oldest guy who plays a lot. No, he's the oldest player in the league, and. The fact that the expectations are still that, yeah, he's around, you know, a top 10 player. There's no context for that. There's no, the best year 21 season ever is like seven points a game. And people expect LeBron to average 27. So I'm excited to watch all of that. So Uh, Go ahead. 
I've I've got a little stat. You're saying you're excited for the opener. Yeah. Uh, so the Lakers haven't won an opener since 2016. That was versus Houston. Okay. They haven't won an opener on the road since 2005, and that was also an overtime win against Detroit. Oh, it's 05. That would mean the defending champion Pistons, and that would also be the without Shaq. That would be the Lakers right after they had traded Shaq to the Miami Heat because the 04 Pistons beat the – do I have that right? Yeah. The 04 Pistons beat the 04 Lakers in five in the finals. Then Shaq and Kobe officially broke up. I don't really care about the opener stats. I mean, I appreciate you giving them to me, but that's not – like this is to me a different – spot and I am curious like you know I Jokic doesn't seem like the type of guy who gets like extra motivated by stuff and Jokic to his credit didn't talk any trash it was all Mike Malone and tertiary pieces that were talking trash I'm excited to see it um all right next all right so we talked about opening night uh let's talk about the season uh, the Suns obviously built a super team. Is this Kevin Durant's fourth or fifth super team? Do we not count okay. OKC because it was, like, natural? Uh, but the Suns obviously built a super team. Sure. Dame is playing with a freshly paid Giannis. And Wimby's yep. finally in the league. And sure, LeBron's yep. going on number twenty, year 21 with another super team. This is probably his third super team. Uh, what's the number one team. thing? How are the Lakers a super team? Yeah. I, I might have spoke have out of turn All-Stars. right there. They've, they've got Austin Reeves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have two Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> What's yeah. the number one thing that you're excited to track this NBA season? I know it's, it's got to right, be I've got to say, I mean, I'm pretty – listen, I have been the pump the brakes on Wimby guy. The preseason got me pretty excited for him. I mean, it, Coming around. it does look – I, I still believe the offense is going to be a major work in progress. But defensively, I I don't even know what the ceiling is. I just don't know. I mean, it just it just seems impossible some of the stuff that he's able to do. So I'm super excited to watch that. I don't know if you saw it. People got very mad at me last week. The internet hated this opinion. Speaking of Austin Reeves, when I said we were talking Suns versus Lakers, because Bleacher Report did a best duos in the league. And they had KD and Booker ahead of LeBron and AD. And I said, I flatly think that's wrong. I think LeBron is still better than Durant. And you, the argument against LeBron versus certain guys is, yeah, okay, he's better, but he misses 25 games a year. But you can't use that argument in a Durant discussion. LeBron has been healthier than Durant. You know, over the last three years, ever since Durant blew his Achilles, even if you remove that season, LeBron has played more games. Uh, They score the same amount, and LeBron is, to me, just a better overall player. And so I said I thought AD was better than Booker. I think LeBron is, at the very least, dead even with Durant. So I thought they were the better duo. And then Wild said, okay, we'll find – or somebody said – I don't know if it was Wild's Brewer. I don't want to misquote him. Yeah, but then the Suns have the better trio – because Bradley Beal versus Austin Reeves. And the internet killed me for this. I said, and I, I said, I disagree with that. I said, I would rather have Austin Reeves as my third option. Now, there's a very specific point I'm trying to make here, which is I think Bradley Beal, if you were like, hey, one of these guys has to be the best player on your team, obviously you'd rather have Bradley Beal. If your team's best player is Austin Reeves, you're in real trouble. 
But if one of if the question is one of these guys has to be the clear cut number three on your team, I have more faith and reason to believe that Austin Reeves can play that role at a high level than Bradley Beal, who's never even been the number two option on a team. He was the leading scorer in the NBA, and I now I uh, I'll also say this that people disagreed with. I think both the Lakers and the Suns would be better if Beal and Reeves switch places. I think if Reeves were on the Suns and if Beal were on the Lakers, both teams would be better. I think Beal adds things to the Lakers shooting that they need, and I think Reeves adds things to the Suns being able to contribute without having the ball in your hands and just, you know, <laughs> no, no, not humbleness. It's not that. I just, I think there are, like, let me put it like this. Here's a, here's a different way to look at it. Take Austin Reeves and the Lakers out of it. Would the Denver Nuggets last year have been better off with Bradley Beal or Aaron Gordon? The answer is obviously Aaron Gordon. Is Bradley Beal better than Aaron Gordon? Sure. But as far as being the third option guy doing different things, Aaron Gordon was perfect for that team. Now, with all that said, Bradley Beal's already out for tonight with a back injury. So a Suns team that is, you know, health is a major question mark and depth is a major question mark already isn't going to have their full complement of guys. Uh, but if, if, go ahead. if Poole goes and averages 40 points this season, this is, a, no, this isn't going 40? off on a tangent here. But if he goes yeah. off and averages like, all right, not call it 40, 30 to 35 points. Does, do you think any? Do you think success from Pool this season gets the guy fired that made the trade? I just think I really want that trade to end up looking really stupid. I got a lot of sweat in that. In what universe can Jordan Poole average thirty to thirty-five points? In this one, what do you mean? That doesn't exist. The guy he's can't the average thirty to thirty-five. Oh. I understand he's on the Wizards. He's not averaging thirty plus. Jordan Poole. Okay. Jordan Poole. No, I, I, I that's yeah. what that's what that's I mean, what I'll be tracking is the usage of Chris Paul over in in the in the Warriors and what Jordan Poole does over there in Washington. You traded listen, a Jordan fossil. Poole's in a Jordan Poole's in a perfect spot. He can put up empty numbers on a bad team. I get that, <laughs> but he's still not going to average thirty plus. I mean, okay. give me a break. I mean, he's he's uh, I, I, he's not. He's, I, I mean, I don't even know what to do. That that take took me by storm. The the um now here is the the other most interesting storyline right now in the NBA is obviously what's going to happen in Philly. Uh, people have written off the Miami Heat maybe a touch prematurely because they didn't get Dame, and then do the Warriors have one last run in them? which I'm fascinated by. I know you said they traded Jordan Poole for a fossil. I don't even know if Chris Paul is going to be on that team all year. But do they have one more run in them? And then one last thing. In the West, like who, who is, who do we know is going to be bad in the West? Okay, I'll start Portland. After that, the Spurs will be bad but fun to watch, and the Rockets will be bad. Every other team is trying to win. Maybe the Jazz will be bad. But take those four teams out. Here are the other teams. The Pelicans, the Mavs, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Clippers, 
the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Suns, the Kings, the Thunder, the Grizzlies. Okay? So that's 11 teams. One of them won't even make the play-in. Three of them won't make the playoffs. The Grizzlies are an interesting one to watch with Steven Adams being done for the year. I, The Clippers are an interesting one to watch given their health concerns. And the Pelicans, given their health concerns, are an interesting one as well. But there are going to be some teams in the West just devastatingly disappointed on how this season goes. All right, next. All right, it's time for a game we haven't played in a while. Uh, Public Defender, uh, the time has come. Bring back what's right. No, no, no. Uh, First off, we're going to start off with uh, you encouraging me to bet the Bills last week. Um, I think you encouraged me so much that that team wasn't even in my teaser. And you had me take a team out. And put them in. That's correct. Because you were just. That's correct. I felt so terribly sure about that, that until I. The Patriots. Un, you know what? I felt terribly about that until I realized your teaser died because you didn't believe <laughs> it was the Lions. Yeah. Because you had the Lions <laughs> plus thirteen. I really felt sick about that, and then I looked at, back at it. And I'm like, oh, you screwed yourself before the Bills yeah. even did it. But go ahead. All right, so counselor, defend your client Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills for losing to the famished Patriots. All right, you know what? I under- This is one of my favorite games, but in a day where we've had Monday Night Football and the Brock Purdy stuff and the NBA season preview and we're this late, I'm going to do a half-hearted effort at some of these. I have no defense of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. They're, they're, they are exactly what the actual Nick Wright said they were. I'm not engaging on this. They are an up-and-down team that is untrustworthy that under this iteration missed their window. Next. Uh, Justin Herbert is 27 and 28 as a starting as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's able to hide behind the incompetence of his coach, but Joe Burrow overcame Zach Taylor and Tom Brady overcame Bill Belichick. This guy might just be the <laughs> Philip Rivers with fewer kids. Counselor, defend your client, Justin Herbert. Yeah. The, so once again, I'm going to recuse myself from this. Her, listen, I, I said it before. And it was one of the best compliments DeMonze ever gave me when I just said something and he just goes, bar. And I was like, oh, he liked what I said. (laughs) Justin Herbert is not the problem, but he's paid to be the solution. And he hasn't been. And he's had back-to-back bad games right after getting paid. And we, listen, he is, Justin Herbert is a good to very good player. He should be better by now. This is undeniable. Some of the throws that I'm seeing that he's not making has got nothing to do with coaching. It's Justin Herbert. Correct. That's correct. Uh, and listen, he's got a rocket arm, and under better circumstances, like, you know, maybe things are going differently for him. But it is undeniable that up to this point, he's been slightly disappointing, given how great he looked as a rookie. I understand I'm not really d- d- playing the public defender game right now, but that's because we're short on time, so I can't even really mentally fully get in character right now. But go ahead. Yeah, so we complain about the refs every year, but the refs had a huge role in the Rams, Steelers, and Browns, Colts, and Eagles, Dolphins finishes. Not to mention how every single call goes the way of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Counselor, right, sure. defend your client. NFL refs. Uh, listen, these are old guys. They're old. These are old guys. They, they, I mean, they, they, I, the, here's, here is what I will say. I'm glad folks are now recognizing. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. 
every nationally televised game has an egregious missed call, if not more than one. It's not about the Chiefs always getting the benefit of the whistle. It's about the fact that the Chiefs, because they're the Chiefs, are in standalone nationally televised games more often than other teams. So it seems like it disproportionately impacts them. It's so every crazy game, how far the Chiefs have come, dude. Like what you just said was I know. just wild. I know. <laughs> it's an insane thing, but it's true. Uh, but every game that you watch all the way through, you're like, oh, well, that was terrible. That was terrible. Like, there's just, right, the officiating in the NFL this year has not been good. There's no way around it. it just flatly hasn't been good. Um, and then you wanted me to defend myself for betting the Bears Raiders game. I'm not going to do that. It was one of the worst bets I've ever made in my life. Quick break, right back, answer your questions. What's right? All right, Demonte, let's ask some questions here. Go ahead. All right, Austin R. asks, Nick, when are we going to hear your wife's take on Taylor Swift now that she's inspiring Kelsey to play out of his mind? Well, I got to ask her about that. Maybe it's evolved. I'm not sure. What I will say is, I think, I. so Wilds has the best take on this. And Wilds hasn't said this on television yet, so I just give him credit. I don't know if he's going to. And his take on this is, that life is high school. That all of that your whole life it's just high school. And so what's happening here is Taylor Swift in high school was the band kid, the music kid. And and the idea of like dating the star football player was like the coolest thing Always imaginable. A dream. Right. And now she can and she's wearing his letterman jacket hanging out with the other star player's girlfriend, wife, and Brittany well, Mahomes' case. She's waited a long truly, time. I'm sure there's a bunch of yeah, other tight ends she could have gotten. And, and truly having the time of her life. And I think this is genuine, man. She is genuinely excited during these games, genuinely rooting for him. And you can tell there is a great, there is a great image from this weekend's game when Mahomes throws to Kelsey in the end zone, he doesn't catch it, but he gets the pass interference flag. And there's Taylor uh, Swift and Brittany Mahomes side by side in the box. And Taylor jumps up, puts her hands on her face, and is like devastated. And Brittany is momentarily upset, sees the flag, and then starts celebrating. And Taylor's confused. And it's like, oh, this is like a learning football moment too. Yeah. Like Brittany, <laughs> who, by the way, Another, as Wilde says, another example of this is high school. Patrick Mahomes had a crush on this girl as a ninth grader and has just been madly in love with her ever since. <laughs> just loves her. Um, and but she's been she's been watching football forever. And right. she's like, oh, flag, we got it. Taylor doesn't understand what's going on. I think it's delightful. I like it. And people are like, oh, yeah. And the fact that Kelsey, the, another thing that was asked to me yesterday, they're like, do you buy the story that Kelsey bought a new house because of this? Like the, the relationship, because that was reported, like lightly reported. And I'm like, totally seems plausible in this regard. People don't understand Kansas City. Kansas City has like two gated communities in the whole city. There's like two places you can live where someone can't just like come knock on your door. My guess is, 
I haven't been to Travis's house, but my guess is Travis was living in a normal, nice house in Kansas City, probably in the plaza or somewhere where just literally anybody can come ring the doorbell like, hey, what up, Travis? Exactly right. (laughs) 100% 100% correct. And so I think it's like, man, like, and so I think that's probably what happened. Um, all right, next. Sorry, Gronk, you missed your chance. TOC3K yeah. said, the brotherly shove is no different than when the Bears used to snap it to the fridge. Nick Perry was getting the yard, no question. Why would the league ban the modern day version of that play? It's a lot funner okay, than a touch so, push, dude. <laughs> okay, so, no, but that's also, this is where people... I have TOC3K, not your fault. I apologize. But I'm going to go ahead and say you don't know what you're talking about. First of all, because the guy's name was Richard Perry. Or William Perry, <laughs> Richard Perry. Now, I don't know what I'm talking about. His name was William Perry, first of all, not Nick Perry. So I, I, I and, and I'm going to, I'll check it in a moment, but I'm going to guess William, the refrigerator Perry, has fewer than 10 career rushing attempts and fewer than five career touchdowns. The idea that the Bears in the 80s who had Walter Payton at running back were regularly giving it to their 300-pound D tackle because it was funny is just it, it, it is just <laughs> not what the historical record is. And it certainly wasn't Nick Perry. All right, Will, who is Nick? The So hold on. I think, uh, I've heard the name think, Nick Perry before. I think he's a musician. Nick Perry okay, played for Nick, the well, Packers, actually, now that I think about it. Now that you think about it. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's William Perry's career numbers. All right? William Perry in his career has eight rushes for five yards and two touchdowns. So, first of all, decidedly did not always work. <laughs> Second of all, they did it eight times ever Five in one year, and then you add in the playoffs, he did it once in the Super Bowl. So his entire career, uh, William Perry had three touchdowns. So, no, it's not quite the same as the tush push, which was done successfully more on Sunday night than every carry (laughs) of William Perry's career. Go ahead. Producer, producers asked, Joe LaCobb said the Warriors should re- retire 35 for KD. Do you agree? So, just so you know, it's Lacob. Um, oh, Lacob. Okay. Yeah, he won. Yes, he won two finals MVPs for you and then came back early from an injury because you guys put a little pressure on him and uh, and popped his Achilles. Um, so, um, yeah, I do agree. I, I agree you should retire his jersey. He won two finals MVPs for you and was excellent for you for three seasons. So, yeah, you retire his jersey. By the way, it's not a statue. Like, the statue question is going to be an interesting question for the Warriors in this regard. Is it just Steph? Or do they give one to Steph, Clay, and Draymond? If they do that, is Steve Kerr on the statue? Is it one giant statue? Do they all get their own? In that, like, Iguodala, to me, is a retired jersey. He's a retired jersey, not a statue. That's Iguod, in my opinion. That's Iggy. uh, Obviously, Steph is a statue. I feel like Clay and Draymond... Wait, Kerr's got to be. What? I feel like Kerr... If 
Yeah, I feel like Kerr, I think it should be Steph, Clay, Kerr, Draymond. I mean, I really Draymond don't want Draymond one, to get But all their own statue or one giant, one like statue together. of the four of them? I don't know. Yeah. Together? That, to me, though, almost like if they, they want to do that and then also a Steph statue. So Steph gets two. <laughs> like Steph needs right. some special treatment there. Um, yeah. But I'm also a, I, I'm a believer that... Uh, you know, I think LeBron should have a statue in all three places. I, I, the he obviously Cleveland, should have a statue LA, in Cleveland, Miami. The Lakers have have a lot of guys with statues. It's you know what I mean. They have a whole stat monument park. <laughs> no no sweat to put LeBron up there. Uh, um, no, I mean he won. He brought. He, they had missed playoffs six straight years. He wins him a championship. He also broke Kareem's record in your jersey. He's played for the Lakers longer than he played for the Heat at this point. Um, and obviously the heat, what the, 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 again, like the coolest statue that they could make for the heat would be a statue of the, the famous iconic weight. Yeah. The, but that to me would like be giving way to short shrift. Like you do that, then he also it. still needs his own standalone statue. You know, because right. Wade's the greatest player in the history of the Miami Heat franchise because of what he did, totality of his career. All right, really good show. I got to run. We don't have to answer any more questions. I'll see you guys on the herd in about 90 minutes. See you on First Things First at 3 o'clock. See if I unveil my Purdy Cousins take. We'll do it next. We'll do it all later today. See you guys. What's right?